Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 66. And for those of you keeping track at home, this is our second social distancing episode, right? I've got Dave here on the line with me. Someday people will go back to the archives and listen to the social distancing episodes. They'll dust off the old, from 2020, SD episodes. (laughs) Yeah, last time we had those uh, those difficulties at the beginning with connecting Dave, so I had to start with Old Man Dividend, but we've got Dave here from the beginning. How are you yeah. doing, Dave? Um, fine. That's <laughs> like everybody else in the world. That's like, yeah. unless you, I mean, hopefully everybody listening doesn't have coronavirus. Some of you may, but assuming you don't have this, that seems to be the answer for most people. How are you doing? Fine. Yeah, I mean, what are you what are you going to say? I mean, I, you know, certainly it's a pain to be stuck at home, and I've got young kids, so I've got to try to juggle the homeschooling stuff. But, you know, what are you going to complain yeah, about that's not know. different than everyone else? Yeah, I mean, I at first I thought I was just way better off than you with no young kids here. But as time goes on, it's like, you know, at least I would be distracted by something. <laughs> now it's like I have one of my children here who's an adult. She's working. Um, right. And it's just, I guess it's just the monotony. But you know what? If that's yeah. the biggest complaint, that's, I guess, this is what we're all doing. And uh, we'll just do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I've been doing? I don't know if I told you this. I, I've been ordering stuff off Amazon, like everybody has, but in particular, just games and stuff for the kids to do. So, you know, all of a sudden, all my kids have scooters, and we go scootering, and I bought them kites, and I bought them a drone, and I bought them some games around the (laughs) house, just because it's, you know, it's trying to keep them entertained when they, oh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, those are good ideas. Those are good ideas. Yeah. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. We will survive. Um, All right. We actually, we shouldn't be killing time here because we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, The first thing that I want to get into. Yeah, there it is. That's the Uh, theme music. That's what I was waiting for. We need need something from Barry today. Yes, the wisdom of Barry is very much appreciated in times like these. Um, so, as always, I'm going to post this article, the link to the article, down below here. Um, although I, I will notice this is interesting. I don't know if you you picked up on this, Dave. 
So Barry, of course, posted this to his website. And the title of the article is, I just retired, then all this happened, WTF do I do now? Right? <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty good title, you know, and because uh, that's really what a lot of people are thinking. Um, but he also is a columnist for Bloomberg. And so Bloomberg put this on their website, and they titled it, How to Fill the Hole with Your Retirement Plan. Right. That so, would be the more uh, the more uh, G-rated friendly way of putting it. Exactly. But I kind of like the WTF because that's honestly how people are feeling. I mean, just to imagine that you're somebody who's been kicking around the idea of retiring for a long time, and then you pulled the trigger January 1st, thinking, all right, I'm in pretty good shape, and then all of a sudden we're sitting here you know, four months later, and you're not so sure if you're in good shape. Um, and, of course, we know people that, that went through this exact same thing with the tech bubble in the early 2000s and the financial crisis in 2008. So this is not a new problem, but it's a new set of people experiencing this. And it's also so, a – there's nothing gradual about this. Yeah. 2008 was a rather sudden scenario and decline but nothing like nothing like this no i mean frankly 2008 the decline seems kind of quaint when you talk about the market peaked in october of 07 and was sort of trickling downwards the first part of 2008 uh but it really didn't accelerate until you had the lehman brothers failure and and all of that uh, in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter. Right. And then also, from another perspective, is, now remember, if you're retired right now, this isn't an issue, but if you were thinking about retiring really soon, you went from the best job numbers ever to yeah. literally a week later, the worst job numbers ever. Yeah, absolutely. So so what does Barry have to say about this? Um you know, as always, I think some pretty good advice here. You know, the first thing he he calls this, number one, develop situational awareness. And this is a, you know, a military term where you've got to be aware of everything that's going on, not get sucked into the moment, get sucked into the emotion of what's happening right now. Um, and this is what we always try to do, and I think a lot of advisors do, when we're talking about historical perspectives. And we're always looking at, okay, we've been in, we haven't been in this situation before, but we've been in a lot of bad situations before. And you can go back the recent ones we just talked about. You can go back even further and talk about in the 70s when you had oil embargoes and, and runaway inflation and all kinds of issues there. Um, so I, I do think that having this awareness of, okay, it's bad right now, but it's probably not going to be bad forever is pretty helpful. Right. Um, number two that he puts on here, I mean, this is what we really focus our entire business around. He says, have a decumulation strategy. And I, you know, I'm going to toot our own horn here. I mean, this is what we've set up our entire business around is having this decumulation strategy. You know, all these fine personal finance articles, blogs, websites, they're all talking about, well, how do you grow your money? What's the best asset class? You know, ETFs, mutual funds, stocks. But they don't focus nearly enough on 
how do you actually get money out of these investments and do it in a way that you can sleep at night and you don't run out of money? Right. And um, that requires planning. That's why that's why we push it to have that whole plan set up. <laughs> that yeah. I'm going to now. I know I'm going to have to take money out. Where do I take it from? If I set up my investments that way in general, even looking at funds and things like that that perform well while you're taking money out, not just while it's growing. There's a. I find I guess it's just something that's not sexy when things are going up and up and up, but it becomes. Uh, Comes a huge issue in times like now. Well, I mean, I think I think you're right. Any time when you're retired, really. I, you know, I think you're right that it's not particularly sexy, but I, I think it also can be kind of hard for people to wrap their head around it. You know, this idea that you know most people who have a general knowledge of finance, they've heard of this term of dollar cost averaging, and it's this basic idea that. If you're saving money through your 401k or through work, you're putting money in whether the market's going up, down, sideways. You're buying in. And that's great when you're accumulating money, but those very same principles work against you when you're taking money out. And that's that's great for me to say it, but to wrap your head around why that is and why, like you said, you need to have lower volatility investments when you're taking money out I don't think that's easy for a lot of people to grasp, uh, but it's it's really, really important when it comes to decumulation. Uh, number three, understand the risks of fixed income. I, I mean, there's a reason why Dave and I sort of, uh, I don't know, do you want to use the term worship this guy or admire him? You know, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say worship. It just yeah. we, we admire him. Because and semi worship him because he agree we agree with virtually everything he says. Yeah, but <laughs> and we but, and we base a lot of our practice on it. So I guess that's why. But I mean, he he hits the nail on the head right here when he talks about understanding the risks and fixed income. Um, so fixed income being the bond portion of your portfolio, um, and he talks about people who like to chase yield when it comes to bonds. And what chasing yield means is, well, I, I could buy this government bond. It's, it's going to pay me 2% interest. But I don't know. This corporate bond of some oil company looks pretty good paying me 6 or 7% interest. And they're probably not going to go bankrupt because oil will probably stay high forever. Right. Um, you know, and that's a very small example of a, a larger problem where people reach for yield. Um you know, we have often said to people, we're not trying to get rich by investing in bonds, right? That's that's not the goal. We're not hoping, gosh, we're really going to hit a home run on these bond investments, um, which is why we, we don't generally in a bond portfolio invest in high yield or junk bonds um, because we're not trying to get rich. We just want that money to be there when stocks melt down. And we have used high yield bonds in a portfolio but that's really as a substitute for owning more stocks, not as a substitute for, for other types of bonds. Yeah, I, mean, um, I, I think it's pretty safe to say for us, the types of bonds that we use, besides what you just said, is A, for the ability to have money to use when your stocks are low, so you don't have to sell your stocks or your stock funds. Yep. Um, and B, 
as another use, it's a it's an, a place. It's some dry powder to actually put into investments that are more, more growth oriented when times are lower. Yeah, these, yeah. these are two. Those are it's something you can count on, but you'd better be in the ones that you can count on. Right. Um, his next point. I mean, you know, this is a, a good bit of advice, no matter what time you're in, but. Um, you want to reduce the risk, cost, and concentration in your stocks. So we talked a little bit about the risk. Um, you know, to, to understand this very simply, you know, if I tell you, okay, the average, uh, the average stock fund is going to get a 10% return, but we can do 12%, but here's the thing, you got to take twice as much risk there. That's the decision. You know, I, I don't know, maybe you're comfortable with twice as much risk. But you're going to get that a little extra return. Um, generally speaking, people in retirement are not looking for twice as much risk. They're trying to look for a little bit less risk and, and get comparable returns there. Um, reducing cost, that's always a good bit of advice. And I mean, this one bears repeating all the time, but concentration in individual stocks. I know you can make a killing in it, but you can also get crushed as well. Um, yeah, we've seen... uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess this is one of our principles. We have we're not big fans of having uh, or that we are going to manage for the purpose of making your retirement last your whole life. We're right. not into managing a bunch of individual stocks, um, mainly because there's a lot more risk to that. Yeah. You never know. I think your oil, what you were talking about again, with say an oil, uh, you know, a high yield on an oil bond. You never know what's going to happen out there. Who knew? Nobody predicted this. No. So look at yeah. some of the companies that you would think were as strong as could be that are going to get hammered, yeah. and some that are never going to really recover just because of this. And when you have a, such a uh, concentrated portfolio that you're counting on the last the, the rest of your life, that's this. This is where I find that to be the most dangerous thing. Yeah. So not everybody in that situation. And, and again, there are so many advisors. This there really is a chasm. And right now, it's like one of those times. If you were to be in the world that Steve and I are in, it's a world of Barry, me and Steve, and a whole bunch of other advisors and all the things mm -hmm. we go over. That's the way we believe. What we think works the best. We're focusing on the long term and on you know, times like this and being able to get through it, not just with having enough money, but with having your sanity. Yep. Um, and then there's another school of thought that, hey, I could do the, I could, I could do better with a basket of whatever, 30, 50 companies. And I, the advisor, will manage those and, and pick the right ones and, and decide what to move and this and that. And it is not like, if you listen to our show all the time, you think that our way is the only way, and then there's a few straddlers out there who do it. No, that's not true. It's yeah. like 50-50 out there. But I find yeah. times like these, I need to be able, and I have my own. You know, what we do for clients, I do for me. <laughs> I'm 58 years old, you know. So I just feel so much better right now, personally, with my own portfolio. Knowing that, of course, parts of it are down right now, but knowing that, looking at, at how everything has worked in the past and, and, and knowing, you know, what my own game plan is, 
I'm not panicking right now. I'm not worrying about it. And I don't know if that's always the case when you're in a, in a basket of companies and then several companies could be such a huge part of your portfolio. And if it doesn't work out, then what do you do once you're retired? I, I think this is one of those critical times where, you know, there is a difference between advisors. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and so the last note uh, from Barry's article here, I don't really know how this has anything to do with the current situation, but he puts down here pivot from saving to spending. Um, and I mean, this is, this is something that a lot of people that we talk to, because the people remember who we're talking to, these are people who are planning minded. They're thinking ahead. Um, you know, they've saved for retirement. They're used to saving money. They're not used to spending. You know, it feels weird to be taking money out and spending it. You know, we've got one client, and Dave, Dave and I know exactly, or you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, he's still been saving money to buy stocks, even though he's been retired for, I don't know, what, seven, eight years? <laughs> I mean, he, he's constantly, because that's what he's done all his life. Um, you know, and he mentions here how a lot of retirees can become paralyzed when it comes to spending. Um, this is a lot of where I think we help and we show people, okay, if you spend this much, you know, here's a, a Monte Carlo simulation that would show you the probability of running out of money. Um, and I think a lot of time that can help people to say, oh, okay, so I can take 50000 out each year and not really have to worry too much about it. Uh, because that doesn't feel natural to those of us who are, you know, consummate savers, always putting money away. So. Well, today is Wednesday, what day is today? Wednesday, April 22nd. 22nd. Yep. So take that into context when you hear what I'm about to say, because it may be different whenever you're listening to this. But I think that word you use is the word paralyzed. Yeah. I feel like that's where people are right now in this age group especially those who are thinking about planning for retirement or they're, hey, I was retiring next year in a couple of years or, you know. Um, and even those who are 60 years, I'm, you know, I'm throwing out ages, but you're furloughed now or you're laid off and, you know, maybe now's the time to stop or what am I going to do? Paralyzed. Yeah. I, oh, I'm, I'm not doing anything. This is about your money until what? Until yeah. things get better, doing something in this in the in the world that we live in, you and me, doing something is not. Oh my God, moving all my stocks to bonds or moving all my bonds to stocks. If no. you feel that that's your that's not what doing something doing something is. You shouldn't be paralyzed right now. You need to have the courage to realize you have to put a real plan together on a whole bunch of fronts. Mm-hmm. Um. And now is the time paralyzed. I'll wait till what? Yeah. <laughs> There's no waiting. It's a matter of actually sitting down and going through the process of putting this together. And you will then, and that's the only way to get answers. Because a lot of people want answers now, but they're too paralyzed to do anything until things get better or get better. You know these right. terms, right? Get better. Oh, yeah. It's like market timing, but it's planning timing. I'm going to yeah. wait till things get better. I'm going to wait till things, here's those two words. Good luck with these two words. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wait till things calm down. Well, 
my friend, you're going to be waiting for a while. Yeah. And there is no time to wait. Um, no. Stuff, I, on I, the planning stuff. Um, so I think that word paralyzed is is a is a great word for Wednesday, April twenty second, during this portion of the coronavirus yeah. economic meltdown. Believe me, I I understand why people are paralyzed. Uh, but like you said, I, I you know we've heard this from a couple of people. Well, I can't I can't do any planning right now, just with everything going on. I, I just I can't do anything right now. Well, this is a really good time to do something because you've got to be prepared that this could go on for a long time or this could clear up and recover pretty quickly. And just sitting there doing nothing is not going to be a good plan, but, you know, putting something in place to deal with it. Right. Um, and I would also throw out, it's not like you have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody's sitting around, not a whole lot going on at work for most people. Um, hey, Dave, how do you feel about going, doing our longest podcast ever, doing another segment here? Um, I actually have no problem with it because it still goes back to my not doing yeah. – I mean, you and I have things to do, but sure. <laughs> people listening to this might be saying, you know what? I have bonus time. All right. No, I just – usually we try to keep it to about 20 minutes, So, uh, but I, I want to do another seven or eight minutes here just because I think this is a, a really good one to talk about. Um, and, but when you've got Barry, you got to lead with Barry. So this gets buried, buried a little bit. <laughs> I did not mean to do that pun. Um, so second article, I will of course post a link to this. Uh, it's titled question everything you know about bonds versus stocks. And, uh, I saw this pop up earlier this week because something interesting happened with this most recent correction decline in the stock market is that the 20-year returns on bonds have now exceeded the 20-year returns on stocks, right? And this this does not happen very often, um, but with the last 20 years, stocks, S&P 500 has returned 4.8%. And of course, I've scrolled past it and lost it, but I, I think bonds were just right about 5% per year. So, and, and of course, during this time period, oh, here it is, 5.1%. Uh, and during this time period, stock investors got quite a bit of heartburn along the way, right? So, you know, the 20-year time period we're talking about, you're getting to ride the tech bubble down, back up, the financial crisis down, back up, and now the coronavirus uh, shock. Just, just to mention the biggest decline, you know, there have been... Plenty of other ones along the way. Right. Um, so, like I said, this does not happen very often, um, but it, it is leaving some people kind of scratching their heads and saying, gosh, do we, do we think that stocks just, you know, aren't going to be a great place to invest in going forward? Uh, do we think that bonds are a better place? And I'll just throw in my opinion here. Um, we've talked about this before that we think that the returns that you should expect in stocks should be lower than past returns have been. So in general, we think equity returns over the next decade, you know, probably six to eight percent, uh, versus, you know, nine or ten percent that you might have seen in the past. But I still think they have better long-term growth prospects than bonds. Because with bonds, you're talking about interest rates that are 
historically low, and they will at some point go up. I don't know when it'll happen because I've been saying that for a while, but at some point interest rates will go up, and that certainly hurts your bond values. Yeah, well, we'll see. I wonder if it's ever been 30 years where bonds have done better than stocks. The reason I would say I wouldn't predict that, I would predict the opposite, would be not just that stocks would do better (laughs) from here for whatever reason, but just what you said with low interest rates, and they're not shooting up anytime soon. Think about that. How you, You might have lower. You might have the next 10 years where your stock returns are lower than they've been historically, but mm. the bond returns are really lower than they've been historically. Yeah. It might tip the scale towards stocks if we were to do a 30-year look back. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, but like we said, you know, when we're investing in bonds, we're not hoping to get rich and make a bunch of money. We're just hoping to get our money back and have that, have that safety there. Uh, but I, I thought that was an interesting data point that popped up this week. So, all right. Thank you guys all for listening to our social distancing extra long podcast here. Yeah. And next uh, one we, I predict will also be a social distancing one whenever we get <laughs> to the next one. I think we're doing a few of these. Uh, yeah, I think for a while we'll be, <laughs> we'll be doing them long distance. All right. Uh, great to check in. We'll talk to everyone again.